Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tonight we're locking our windows and our doors. This is the Two Sentence Horror Story After Show. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh my goodness, this lighting is incredible. It's my first time ever seeing the studio like this. And for a good reason, there is so much that's happening on tonight's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Two Sentence Horror Stories After Show. This is for episode 105. I can't believe we're at five already. The episode is titled Tutorial. My name is Mia Brabham. I will be your host for tonight. And I am amped because we have none other than the C.S. Mick Mullen here today in the studio. She's a writer of the episode. She's going to be on the phone chatting with us. I am so excited, but first, the rundown of the episode. We're going to talk cinematography. We're going to talk the styling of the episode. We're going to um, talk about plot, characters. I have a special segment for you guys. I have news and gossip. And then we're just going to head out until next week. So, um, of course, we're just going to start the show. Usually we do the interview at the end, but we thought it would be really cool to bring cs on the show she's going to be talking to us throughout the entire thing welcome 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 Catherine. how are you hi i'm good thanks oh. thanks so much for having me i'm so excited of course so are we we're so happy to have you here i mean this episode was nuts before, right before we went on air i was telling Catherine that this was especially terrifying me for me because i grew up doing youtube i started in 2007 when i was just 12 years old and of course the episode has so many twists more than i think we've seen in this entire show so far <laughs> yeah um i mean and in the first like five minutes so at first i was immediately drawn in because it's so close to my experience but then it just it it went crazy and it, it's it, you know it's it's real it's like can't be all at once it's all these amazing things so first off just tell us like what was your inspiration behind this episode yeah so i am um, i watch a uh, like I kind of went through a really strange phase a few years ago where I was just obsessively watching makeup tutorials and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because I was always going to do that makeup tutorial like you know sometimes I would like do a smoky eye or do whatever but it was kind of really calming there's some there's like a real rhythm to you like you know you, you'd know what they're like like you kind of have a, a fresh face and you wipe it off and then you build and build and like there's just this way that the people talk and this patter and like I sometimes like literally just watch them to go to sleep, like not to like learn how to do my foundation correctly, <laughs> just like kind of calming. Um, and I'd always thought there was some, there was a really cool like contained idea there. And then so we, when we had the writers' room for the show, I kind of pitched. You know, it started out quite differently. Like the ideas almost always morphed and changed, but this one was something where I went, I really want to do a makeup tutorial, and and I want to make it that it's not what you expect, and that you, what you think you're seeing at the start is not what you see by the end. Wow. That's so creative. And I, you know, that's the cool thing about horror is we take these everyday experiences and especially something, you know, so close to home for you, something that you went through and that you were watching. And then 
we make it into these scary experiences, but I would never, ever think to do a makeup tutorial, which is so cool to me. And the, the funny thing is, you know, um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, that movie just came out, and I love that. Yeah, I that. loved it. I could it, feel that. Oh, my gosh. I have to see it still. I'm so, I'm so excited. But I had that book. Um, I first read it in the library in elementary school for the first time, and then I bought it, and that's what made me start loving the horror genre. But I remember there was a story in there, and it was it was kind of similar to this in the way that, um, you know, there there was a girl, and she's at home, but I think she's like FaceTiming, or like I mean, FaceTiming wasn't around at that time, but she was like Skyping yeah, her yeah. boyfriend, and he came out the closet, and it's so funny because I mean horror you just take take all these different stories and they're they're similar but this i've never seen anything like this and what a spin which really brings us straight into the first thing i want to talk about is the cinematography and the style because i mean it's so clear it's it's a web it's like a web series it's i wasn't sure first if it was a live feed or not or if it was her um you know because with youtube sometimes now they have live but usually you sit in your room you set up your camera and you record it yeah you're kind of editing yeah yes so what was your vision is it was it supposed to be live or was it is she more recorded and then posting it well I think I think what we ran into and this was even at the writing stage like it's so funny because you're, you're kind of even well before you know any of the directors or cinematographers and things are on you kind of have to solve things at a script level mm. and and one of the things with it being um, it, it's kind of meant to be live it's meant to be happening mm-hmm. um, and part of that is because if you have it as something that was recorded like and, and you see that they've edited it later, it's really hard to be scared for characters because you kind of know that someone has gone back and edited it. So mm-hmm. all of the danger that you feel, you're like, oh, but I know they're going to be okay because she must be posting this video, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. But it, it's yeah. something that we really kind of thought about. And, and, you know, it's always really interesting doing digital stories because, you know, you look at something that was like cutting-edge digital five years ago and it'll look really dated so you you have to and you kind of can't get around that but you you kind of like you know instagram live wasn't around that like it's pretty recent yeah (laughs) very recent it's really interesting challenge as a writer um to kind of stay up with this stuff oh my gosh i bet uh but it i i just thought the whole thing you just straight off the bat so we can kind of walk through it together but you know, it was the feel of an actual YouTube video that you're watching. And I love the detail. Like, it had the the bar, like, the duration bar at the bottom. Or if you're watching a really yeah. YouTube video. I thought that was so cool. And it had even the push-ins, you know, like, the, the um, you know, the special effects and the, the titling. It was so yeah. cool. Uh, and off the bat, I love that it started with, uh, you know, tutorial by Karina was her name. And she looked demonic. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I realized that. I, I noticed. I was like, she has kind of a scary a scary face but I don't know if that was intentional and so I picked it up kind of a little bit off the bat yeah. um, and then the whole time I don't know about you I mean well, you you wrote it but I was just like oh my goodness the first five minutes were, were this it was such anticipation because I just I did not think that they were going to ring the doorbell I thought they were yeah. going to come out of the background <laughs> and after that was so uh, you know it, it was interesting that she that he came to the front door and then he rang it and you heard the heavy breathing and I it made me think I don't know if you came if you came across this in your writing what you decided to do, but I was thinking when he was sitting there at the door and he was heavy breathing, I was like, if would he would have stayed at the door if she if she came sooner? Did she take too long? What was your thoughts in the movement in that first um, part of the episode? D- like, did you originally have it a certain way in your head where you're like, I want them to be in the background, I want the guy to be in the background and come out, or did you always have him outside the house? It's, well, so it's, it's interesting. Um, 
it originally like when it was kind of at the very very start of talking about it it was meant to be all one shot like all one <gasps> static camera yeah um like literally just all one webcam as if it was all from one laptop the whole time and and the mm-hmm. thing with that is that it's interesting but it's it's hard to do for that long basically yeah. um and so originally it was that and you kind of then had him climbing in through the window and that was really where it started um but so yeah the choreography of it kind of switched around quite a lot in terms of just you know like it's it's always really a balance between making people like kind of feel scared as someone's moving through and feel worried for them but also not just constantly like mm. making it a red herring in terms of horror because like you know obviously something has to happen eventually otherwise yeah. you're just constantly <laughs> on edge <laughs> you're just always scared for your life wow. yeah yeah Wow. So I guess a, a question I have now, I just realized this, but um, so in the writer's room, I didn't realize so it's a writer's room and then you're pitching stories and then um, you get to write the episode yourself. Is that what happens in this writer's room specifically? Kind of. I mean, it's it's a lot more, um, it, it very much varies show to show. Like obviously we're an anthology show, so often the things that we pitched would be like it, there was kind of a natural flow to how to who got what stories I, I mean it was it, honestly the writer's room was so fantastic every writer in there is just an amazing creative human like I, I it was such a positive experience oh, and great. so it was kind of like it, it wasn't that you you didn't always pitch something and then you wrote it um mm-hmm. and a lot of ideas like there were ideas that were more combos of a few pitches or that you know and but then there were things like this where I really like I pitched this idea I loved it and then because of that like it it's it's often pretty obvious who the person to write it is in terms of like the other two guys in the room were like yeah we haven't watched a lot of makeup tutorials (laughs) (laughs) you know so so naturally like because it I was on the pitch that's but there was stuff that I pitched that I didn't write that app and then vice versa as well you know it's um it's and the nice thing about it is that you know it was quite egoless it wasn't like oh I have to write this one it's like okay well who was the best writer for this um and and often that's the person that's the closest connection to the story um so yeah yeah no I mean I I was very thrilled when I was the one that was writing this one because I I was like oh I can write I can write like that YouTube like hey guys how you going (laughs) like I I just just got it out (laughs) and she was amazing too the delivery of all the lines and she, yeah, it seemed, yeah, it truly it. <laughs> seemed like a YouTube video because that's kind of how YouTubers act. They're like, hey guys, and they talk slow and they're like, you know, what's up? And they document everything as they yeah. go. So it felt, you can, t- I can see that now in your writing and it clearly shined through just because you've watched so many of these and so um, <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, they brought it, they brought it. So that's, that's great. But speaking of the writer's room, um, did you, uh, did you guys bring the two sentences to the room and then attach the the you know the story to it as far as like you wanted a makeup tutorial did you say this is the two sentence horror story that i want to write and this is um the plot or what did the two sentence horror stories have to do with your writing process what at one point did those two sentences come in to the picture it's i mean it it, it varied from story to story but it was generally that we um that we got an episode, an idea, and a pitch, and then did the sentences around it. There were occasional okay. exceptions to that, I think. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's because the thing is, like, the, the format is more about, like, there's, you know, that there will be something that flips it. Like, mm-hmm. that's why that second sentence is interesting. It's like, well, here's the setup, and you're like, well, how, you know, that seems pretty clear cut. And then the second sentence is about that flip. Like, Vera, our showrunner, always, always kind of talks about that. And so it, it's kind of, 
as long as you know that the story has to have something that's unexpected mm-hmm. and that there is something that you go, oh, well, that's that's not what I thought it would be, mm. then that, that that's really the feeling of the two sentences that's important and then the actual specificness of the two sentences you can kind of tweak as you go. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's all about you think you're watching, you know, like I am, sorry, I wrote The, the um, Gentleman, the first step, and, oh. um, and you know, you, you think you're watching one thing, you think you're watching a serial killer story and you are, but you're watching something else as well. So it's just about making it kind of, yeah, always unexpected. I'm telling you that ending threw me of gentlemen. That was yeah. yeah. I was like, no, I was not expecting that. And I remember when yeah. they then when they took off the mask, I thought it was going to be a real baby. I was like, this is getting yeah. dark. I remember my, that was my the first show I did, and I was like, this is getting dark. But I feel like when I first thought, I thought she was going to take it off. So you're just great at plot twists. Clearly, they're unexpected. Uh, before we before we move on, I have a message really quick for the viewers. I just want to thank you guys so much for watching and making and listening and making After Buzz uh, the ESPN of TV talk. We're able to bring you guys so many different shows, not even just horror. We have comedy. We have drama. We have everything that you guys and that we could ever dream of only because you guys tune in. So if you have a second, please subscribe. Hit that bell notification on YouTube so you can know every single time there's a new video. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen, give us five stars and leave us a rating so that we can keep doing this thing because it's super exciting. We keep bringing people like CS on, which is super cool. So moving on, I really want to talk about the storyline and the plots and the characters get more into that. We talked about style before, but then we started you know, going into the writing room, which is super exciting. But now getting into this, I love that it started out more realistic and... Um, like I said, she's sitting there. Uh, it looks like a real tutorial that you're watching as the viewer. You're not just watching TV. You're watching almost YouTube. And it starts to spiral. And I I know for me, the minute that I was like, oh, my goodness, something is wrong, is when the phone light went off. I thought that was super cool um, in the mm. scene where I, – I don't remember if that was now. I'm thinking I don't know if it was before or after the phone call when he was talking to his friend or um, if yep. he was texting him. But I was like – what's going on that was when it really yeah. just started you know to go down you for me not what you thought yeah. yes yeah. and so for me i just i i wasn't expecting that at all and so when you're writing what was the pivotal point for you like what was the point that you wanted to hard hardest was it this point in time or did you have different beats that you really wanted to spread evenly what was like your big focal point when you were writing. I think um because there's I'm, I'm trying to remember I think there's about three flips in it um from mm-hmm. what you think it is so there's mm-hmm. the, like the the first is like you think you're watching a tutorial and you, like obviously you know that you know you haven't clicked on a YouTube link saying this is a tutorial so you, you know it'll be something else be like okay well mm-hmm. what like like you were saying there's that tension how will this not be a real makeup tutorial like what will be wrong with this thing I'm watching yeah um and then the the second flip is like oh no someone someone's breaking in like someone's doing a thing she's in danger and then there is really that midpoint flip you're like wait this guy that i thought was dangerous isn't what i thought what is actually going on i think that's probably the biggest flip Mm because it 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 kind of that's really where like everything after that i don't really think i mean maybe there's one flip right at the end but really that's when the shift happens and Mm -hmm. everything after that you're like oh i see like and but it's figuring out how it isn't what you thought if that makes sense yeah um yeah but yeah there's a few there's a few different ones where i think whereas a lot of them really like the flip is just at the end whereas this is Mm -hmm. kind of like a few at the start wow that's fantastic i love that 
So speaking of the main character, um, I mean, crazy. We have a female slasher, and you don't get that a lot. Yeah. And you know, no, you don't get enough. We need more female serial killers. <laughs> exactly, which I love about this. So, how important was that to you to write this character? And oh, incredible! Yeah, how was that experience? It, that, that was from the first, it was the first moment we pitched. Um, like we pitched the episode, we went, we want this to be a woman of color. Like it was very, very clear yeah. that that was um, kind of that. Not it, it's not it's not why it's interesting to us, but I, it was it was such an important part of the character. And and you know, there's I'm t- constantly fascinated by kind of like the amount of hate that people like the Kardashians and stuff get online. Yeah. And and you know, they're incredibly successful businesswomen. If not if nothing else, I can completely understand if you don't watch the show. But like mm-hmm. they're, they're amazing at what they do. Mm-hmm. And there's so many influencers and people out there that are, are, they're working. It's their job. That's how they make money. And often they're women and, you know, often they're women of colour and, and it's just a thing where I was like, it it made more sense to me to have her as that and then to then flip it because also you don't see that that often so you, you, you really don't expect it. Like you don't expect her to be doing that because you're not used to seeing someone that, that kind of gets to be the, the scary person. Yeah, that's so true. And speaking of there, I think this whole series so far that we've seen, the five episodes... I've said that there's been commentary in horror in general and thrillers and all these type of um, movies and TV shows. They always kind of bring certain commentary, I think, to society. Mm. And you always have to have something to say, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's always an extra layer, and so my guess, I always like to guess at the end of the episode, but I think the what the the writer is trying to say. And luckily, we get to talk to you, which is really exciting. Yeah. But I was <laughs> I don't thinking, know if I said it well. <laughs> no, you did. You did so great. But I would say, and it's so funny hearing you say that. This, which makes me ask this question, is I was thinking the commentary in this episode was um, people will do anything for views. So they'll kill someone. They'll yeah. they'll change themselves. They'll do something unexpected. They'll lure people in. They'll do. You've seen crazy pranks. Like I, I know a few years ago, yeah. there was a YouTuber who like cemented a microwave to his head just for oh views <laughs> and he almost died they had to call the police i mean i would watch that <laughs> oh did you watch it oh my i couldn't no no i it. said i would watch that oh yeah right <laughs> yeah. right and it's just it, these are the kind of things that go viral the ones that you're like why would anybody watch this yeah. and then people are watching it those same people who say that are the ones watching it so that was what i took away from this i was like maybe that's what yeah, this commentary yeah. is but what would you think, no, say as a writer the commentary that's, is um that was totally something that that is a huge part of that thing because it is that like because you see it you see it in the escalating um there's that real pressure to do the cooler thing and do the bigger especially the prank videos and that whole mm. sub genre i think you see that where people really escalate like there was that case with that family where the kids were like, taken away from them and it's like that's that's gone a bit far like mm-hmm. um you know, so I think we, that really informed a lot of what we um, were thinking, and, and just you know, kind of that idea that like there's a sub community of people that are egging each other on. And I, I don't know if you've ever like wandered into like kind of the wilds of YouTube, where you'll you'll click on a link, then you'll click on a link, and then you'll mm-hmm. realize you're like in like a really specific like you know carpentry videos, but it's like carpentry people responding to other videos, and you're like, how have I gotten here? <laughs> It's a black hole. I, I do that all the time. And um, and I kind of wanted to do a bit of that where it's like, because makeup, makeup world, I mean, there's that, there was that whole um, big kind of drama fallout thing a couple of months ago where, where it was, you know, all the makeup people doing exposed videos and all, all of 
all of um all of that drama and and it's so specific like it's such a tiny community but so intense yeah um and so i think i wanted to talk about that as well just that idea that like yeah they're doing really extreme things but like it's kind of within like she's not doing that in a vacuum she's doing it as part of a community where she might be reacting to a video that someone else made last week that got a crazy response so she's trying to respond to that um yeah yeah i don't know it's just a really interesting cultural thing yeah (laughs) The internet is a wild place. I'll say that much. And I think yeah. this captured it it's very crazy. well. <laughs> For sure. But so now that we know that you wrote Gentlemen as well, what would you say was the difference in the processes between the two? Um, Gentlemen was... It, 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 I felt a huge connection with Gentlemen as well, but it, it probably... Like, I think that was a combination... I can't remember if I honestly couldn't tell you if I pitched that or not. I don't think I did actually. I think that was kind of like we talked through ideas of that. Um, Gentlemen, a lot, a lot of what I wanted to say was, um, which I think a few reviews kind of picked up on, which is great. Um, like kind of expectations we have around mothers and the pressure that mothers get put under. And I've had a few friends that have recently become kids, uh, sorry, become kids, God, become <laughs> mothers. And just like the, the things that they feel like they have to do to be a good mother because like you know if you don't feed your kid organic whatever then suddenly you're the worst mother in the world and and sometimes that's them saying that to themselves but it's because they're kind of getting that from the outside world so I think that that was where I really connected with gentlemen and went like you know obviously it's about a creepy dude and it's a dating story and like I'm also dating so it's like there was a lot of like there was some bad tinder date put into gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) I bet Um, but but really like the core of it for me was like well what is motherhood and how do you cope when you feel that pressure to be it and you're kind of told that that's what you should be doing and it's not happening um and and so even though on the surface it looks like kind of a dating thing it it was really more of a a, me trying to kind of explore some of those things yeah Um, I don't know if I yeah yeah I can see that that. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And now that makes, I mean, that makes me love that episode even more that you say that too, because I feel like he, the main, the guy, the, the guy, the creepy guy that she dated, he kind of acts as like the voice of society and like, you know, with the first one that he killed yeah, exactly. saying like, you're a bad you mom, you're thing. a good mom, like yeah. you're not in the yeah. room, you have, you know, you have this guy in your house and it's like maybe someone, that's not the smartest thing, but maybe someone needed a break or like, is you know, is he slut shaming her? Yeah. It's like. He and then he goes, yeah. in, but then he tells the second woman, like, You're a good mom, you're a good mom, you're a good mom, you're a good mom. Yeah. Let me come over, like, I'm gonna meet the baby. So, that's a really powerful point. So dynamic. Look yeah. at you, killing and, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think, and like, there's, there's so many things, like, you know, the like the stuff around breastfeeding was specifically stuff that, like, you know, I, I remember reading this horrible comment thread. Not that I'm on the internet too much, but clearly I am. But it was just like all of these men giving their opinions about how it was really important. And I was like, that's not on you. Huh. <laughs> like, Interesting. Like, maybe don't interject. <laughs> yeah, like what do you know um, about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I love the commentary. I love talking about <laughs> horror and all of this. It was such a good episode. I'm so glad you could kind of walk us through it and everything else. But is there anything else that you want the viewers to know about this episode? No, no. I mean, I think I was just really excited as well because it, it kind of felt really um, classic. Like, you know, even just some of the camera angles and stuff, like paranormal activity and, like, yes. you know, kind of those almost found footagey like, um, mm. films. Like, I, I love that subgenre and so it's just it's really nice to like meld things and I think that's something the show and and Vera the showrunner does so well which is like there's really classic horror things but then you put kind of like the newer or 
you know, more updated spin on them. Um, and and yeah, I'm kind of excited to to see to see um yeah people watch it. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting! And do you do you do you write any of the other episodes coming up for this season? No, no. So I wrote those two. I wrote Gentleman and Tutorial. That's so exciting! Well, congratulations. Clearly, I thought you killed it personally. No pun intended. (laughs) Wild, wild twist. I'm telling you. Uh, But now, you totally stay with us because we have really two really fun segments coming up. But we're going to do our special segment now. And our special segment is called Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. And basically, in this special segment, I just take one of the examples of um, a horror movie that was inspired by real-life events. And so, last week, we did Nightmare on Elm Street, which was one of my favorite slasher movies like of all time i love it um crazy or i guess not slasher but it's like paranormal and you know the original classic um (laughs) i love it but this week i want to do amityville horror and i think most people kind of know the story and that was based on a true family but i just think it's so creepy it gets me every time so the original was made in 1979 and basically young family moves into a house i love this music it gets me every time it gives me the chills a young family moves into a house where a murder was committed and they experience strange and terrifying occurrences and that's basically the entire movie but the crazy part is that it was inspired by a real life event so um it's based on a book of the same name the Amityville Horror, and it follows the paranormal events that terrorized the Lutz family in 1975. And so they moved into this house on 112 Ocean Avenue, and this guy named Ronald DeFio, I think that's how you say his last name, Jr., he brutally murdered his family 13 months before this Lutz family arrived, which is wild. And I always, I, I want to know this process too, I don't know if you know anything about this, CS, but what happens in real estate? Like, how do you... Can, don't they have a right to tell you? They should tell you that someone was brutally murdered there. I, I never understand that in movies and in real life, too. But I don't know if they... Is yeah, it required? Do you know? Decided, I don't think they have a legal... Um, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure it depends on the country, but I'm pretty sure they legally don't have to tell you. So it might be something where, like, every house you move into, you're like, I'm just going to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, let me let me look up the history of this. That's smart. So everybody out there, you know what you need to do if you're yeah. looking for houses or even apartments, which can be a little scary. But basically, in the real-life story, um, this family's in their new home, and they claim that they saw green slime on the walls and red-eyed pigs staring into their kitchen and the living room. That's terrifying. And after less than a month, the Lutz family moved out of the small town of Amityville, New York. And there you have it. Wild. The Amityville horror story. So now you guys know it's based on true true events, so you better watch out. Alright. And now, moving on to our news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. I'm really excited. So last week I read a little bit from Guy Pools, one of the cinematographers on the show. But this week I'm going a different direction with the news and gossip. So I actually found this article and it's called, Why Do We Crave Horror Movies? And it's basically just a scientific study about why, you know, we love it. And of course, you know, everyone's always like, personally, I think everybody's attracted to horror movies for different reasons. And clearly... Mm. I like the commentary that it has on society, and I like that it's a metaphor, and a lot of movies, you know, they hit you over the head with their their commentary, but I like that mm. horror is so subdued and it plays on our fears. But for me, a big thing is, like, I don't know, some people like roller coasters, some people like, I don't know, like, going out crazy in the town. 
I like the adrenaline rush that that movies give me. Simply put, I just think it's super exciting. So, CS, why do you like why why do you crave horror movies? Why do you like it? Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting. So, I um, I, I've always loved horror films, but my, I'm I'm a genre person in the sense of like I love science fiction, I love fantasy, and mm-hmm. I love horror. Like, and horror was probably something that I've come to more in like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason why is that I get incredibly scared. Like, I like legitimately, I have had trouble watching my own stuff. I like, I, I'm very, very scared in theaters, and people are like, isn't this your job? And I'm like, oh, definitely. I'm very scared right now. Um, so I, I get really affected by it. But I remember reading a thing a while ago that I found really interesting, which is that, um, uh, like, horror and the things that horrify you are so different from country to country. But horror films more so than other genres can also travel country to country like Mm. you know korean horror or japanese horror those monsters are very very different to what like western horror films would have because different things kind of scare you as a society but some of them you can still watch it and you know i can still be terrified by a japanese film and and so i find it really interesting where i'm like oh like there's things that scare us that are really specific like i'm i'm obviously not from america i'm I'm australian and and we have an obsession with kind of landscape is something that's quite scary like there's a a lot of our horror films really deal with like those wide open spaces and that idea that like you could just wander off and never see anyone again um because it's so big um and but at the same time you can still watch like you know wolf creek and and not be australian and still be scared by it even though australian films have a different flavor so, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, it's such an interesting genre. And, and the best horror films always have something to say, you know, even if it's not immediately apparent. Like, you know, It, it Follows is one of my favourite films of all time and it, it has such interesting things that it wants to say as well as a super cool monster. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's cra- that is eye-opening, honestly, because I didn't know that Australian films focused on open spaces. And as soon as you said that, I just, like, I visualized it. I'm like, it's a field and you're wandering and it's like, you never see civilization again. And that's so funny because I feel like so many American stories focus on, like, tight spaces and closed spaces. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we certainly have, like, you know, horror films that are contained and all of that. But, like, there's definitely, you know, I've literally read essays saying, like, kind of, landscape is horror and it's like yeah there's there's often something in that landscape hunting you but it's it's a particular thing mm-hmm. um that you know if you're making a film in england they often have kind of horror that's like n- not all the time but it's you know like a small village and everyone's in on it and you're the outsider because that's you know it'd be really hard to be scared of a wide open space in england like it's just a different different culture so um yeah yeah, it's, I mean, it's really interesting. I, I mean, I, I love horror because I think it brings us together as well. Like, it, 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 you know, comedy films are really hard to sell from country to country because comedy can be really specific. Mm-hmm. And horror, like, if it's well done, people will watch it and go like, oh, cool, I watched this cool Belgium thing the other day, you know? Like, yeah, that's very true. So this now I'm like, oh, I got so invested in this conversation. But so this this um, <laughs> this article, that's what we're here for, news and gossip. This article yeah, yeah. by, uh, it's David DeSalvo. And again, it's why, why do we crave horror movies? And it says that one is what I'll call the controlled environment theory, which says that when we watch scary movies, we're intentionally triggering our fight or flight response in an environment where we control the variables. 
This theory is similar to the thinking behind exposure theory, sometimes used to treat phobias. Does that even work? I need to know because I don't think so. I'm terrified of snakes and I've seen them and it never gets better. The more we experience... Moths. Moths? Terrifying. Oh, I hate them so much. Yeah, moths and birds. Oh, my, and birds. Oh, my gosh. Alfred Hitchcock. Have you seen that movie? No, I literally haven't because my entire family is scared of birds. Like all, all of us on my mom, my mom's family, like all of my cousins, if a bird appears, we're just like. <gasps> oh my god! Do you think? Did you learn that? You think from your from your family, or does, is it something yeah, where you so realized it on your own? I, my theory is, is that it's like one of my grandparents must have been very scared of them, and then all of the siblings, like my mom and her siblings, kind of got that phobia passed down. Like you know, because you learn what to be afraid of from your from your parents their reactions when you're little and then all of the cousins are all like oh birds <laughs> oh my gosh birds now i'm gonna think i'm totally gonna think about birds differently moths are kind of terrifying too they're just oh yeah that's no, disgusting yeah <laughs> yeah they are they're gross i feel like they're kind of you know they're only at night and they're, i feel like they're the kind devil's of... butterflies <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that's what i was gonna say they're like beautiful in the way they remind me of butterflies but at the same time now that I think about it, they get into your oh. house and they're just, they're almost like ghosts because they're so, they're usually like, I mean, there's like this black speckled ones, but they're usually like white and they're by the light and then they like fly in and out and you're like, what was that? Ah. Yep. So I, yep. I totally no. understand that. Things with Do wings, like things that fly, <laughs> maybe not so scary for me. It's but things maybe, that slither, but. Oof. Maybe I should watch moth films and that'll, that'll cure me of my phobia. <laughs> Please get back to me. I would, that would be lovely to know if it actually cures your phobia and your phobia and if you watch moth films or films featuring moths i will watch snakes on a plane and maybe some other things oh my god <laughs> and see if we feel better about it but that's um all we have for tonight's show this is so so much fun cs can you tell us what you're working on what you want our viewers you know any projects you're working on that you want them to follow where they can find you on social media if you do that and you present your yeah. projects that way where can we find you um, so I'm on uh, Twitter as C.S. McMullen, and I'm on um, Instagram as Catherine S. McMullen. Um, and then, yeah, I've actually, I'm very exciting. I've got a film coming out at the Toronto International Film Festival next week. So um, that's called The Other Lamb, and hopefully um, it, you guys can hopefully see it soon. It's a, it's a horror film um, about a cult in the middle of a forest. So, oh, um, yeah. my open spaces. <laughs> I, I gotta see it. Yep. I'm so congratulations. That's really really exciting, and I know it's gonna do well. And I can't wait to hear and read all the articles on it. I, I can't wait. It's gonna gonna be really good for you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely having me on. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for doing it. Oh, thank you, CS. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. There she goes. CS. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's been lovely being here with you tonight. And I hope you liked tonight's episode. I thought it was one of the best so far. And I, I honestly do say that every week because I just think it keeps getting better. So again, I'm your host, Mia Brabham. You can find me on Twitter at Hot Mess Mia because it's a hot mess over there. I'm giving you all my real thoughts. And on Instagram at Yours Truly Mia where, you know, I'm usually penning letters and uh, showing you every side of my life. And then I'm also on YouTube. So I usually comment below and I respond to everything you guys say so you can see me there and subscribe as well. Most importantly, subscribe to AfterBuzz and to this show so you can see more. Thanks again for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. Bye! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. 
Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.